0: Hello and welcome to Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, you can find us on social media and follow along with all the things we're doing on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's facebook.com backslash mediumcoolpod. You can also find us on Instagram by searching medium mediumcoolpod. We'll pop up and at mediumcoolpod on Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. And uh, hey, please feel free to subscribe, follow, so you can keep up with all the content that we release. Uh, man, it's been a really, really fun time. I mean, now we've we've been doing this for over six months, and, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, for, I can speak for myself, I'm pretty sure it has been for Joe and everyone else that's kind of helped get involved with this uh, Medium Cool project. And so it's, it's just been really fun to kind of relive uh, my cinematic passions, you know. So, you know, I'm still working on the film noir thing I've hinted at a few times and, uh, you know, I've uh, been watching other, you know, movies and we, Joe and I have, as you guys have noticed, have been started doing this thing where when we don't have anything in particular that's timely that needs to be done that week, we'll just start, we've been choosing some of our favorites and seeing what the other person thinks Of course, Joe started with Point Break. I chose Magnolia. Uh, Today, we're actually going to be focusing on Joe's second pick, which is the John Favreau film from 2014, Chef. And uh, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's on Netflix, so definitely go check it out. Feel free to pause now if you have the opportunity to go watch it uh, and you haven't seen it before. It is uh, certainly worth seeing, Um, but I'll give you my thoughts as we have our conversation. Of course, this is one of Joe's favorites, And so he loves this movie. He would definitely push, push, push for you to go see this. Um, So, yeah, I don't really want to, you know, prolong this. I don't have much more to say at the moment. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about next week's episode in our in like the outro of the episode. Uh, But for now, why don't we go see what's up with Joe and, you know, see what's going on with Chef. All right, Joe, today is uh, another one of your favorites. It is your pick today. The last pick, uh, what was your last pick? I already forget.
1: <laughs> Point Break was my first pick, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so th- this is very different film than Point Break. Yep. Um, also very different than your last pick, Magnolia. Yep, yep.
0: Um, so we've moved on to Chef now.
1: Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so th- this is Chef from 2014. Um, do you, you have said so you have a little intro? To- yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'll lead you in. I was just, I couldn't remember what your first one was, and how could I forget point break? Um, <laughs> right. but, anyways, yeah, so today, uh, Joe's pick for, for our discussion today is Chef, it's uh, starring, written, and directed by John Favreau. Uh, more of the cast, John Leguizamo, uh, Bobby Cannavale, uh mj anthony sophia vergara dustin hoffman oliver platt robert downey jr scarlett johansson and amy sedaris i mean what a cast (laughs) now granted half of these people had one day shoots and are in it for like five minutes right like Like. (laughs) but still it's great and i have remind me of the cast at some point because i do want to come back to that i'm just that's a we'll put a pin in that for now so anyways, Absolutely. it was released, as Joe said, uh, in 2014. It was on May 30th. The budget, $11 million. The box office, $48 million. So wow. this was a passion project of his. And this is, I would consider this an indie hit. I yeah. mean, wow. That's more than four times your budget. Killer, man. Especially with that cast. Crazy. Yeah. So, Chef is a movie about Carl Casper, played by Favreau, a former, uh, formerly acclaimed chef who suddenly quits his job at a prominent Los Angeles restaurant after refusing to compromise his creative integrity for his controlling owner. Uh, and, you know, Carl's left to figure out what's next. So, finding himself in Miami, he teams up with his ex-wife, his friend, and his son to launch a food truck. Uh, taking to the road, Chef Carl goes back to his roots to reignite his passion for the kitchen and zest for life and love. But the film is much more than that, Joe. The true heart of the film is the evolving relationship between Carl and his son, Percy, played by M.J. Anthony. The relationship is the glue that keeps the entire film cohesive and holds even the looser moments together, even if only barely. Now, the writing is... It's enough, but the execution is perfect. The music, the rhythm of the dialogue, the use of social media, the relationships at large. For me, this film shows me John Favreau is a filmmaker who can not only make a decent superhero movie, but he hasn't forgotten his heart. And though the fairly cliche writing and three star story are as good as they can be. This is an exhibition of five-star execution, bringing life into what would otherwise be a dull rerun of feel-good nonsense. This was my surprise of 2014, far exceeding my expectations. Now, Joe, I don't want to be misunderstood. Overall, I'm putting this film over, okay? I think it's great, and I was harassing my wife via text as I was watching it again to watch it right now while we're recording, (laughs) you know, uh, because I don't think she's seen it. I had before, of course, but... Uh, my question to you to kick this off is really broad and you can kind of take us wherever you want with this, but what makes this film one of your favorites? I mean, why are we talking about it today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned John Favreau and his superhero film thing, Uh, you know, that's obviously, you know, he directed Iron Man. He's had a hand in most of the Marvel universe stuff. Um, this is clearly a film that sprang out of the Marvel Universe in terms of the finished product. Obviously, you see all those names. I mean, most of the those main people. Um, I think uh, you know, Mj Anthony has not that I know of, but in, nor has Dustin Hoffman or Sofia Vergara. I believe all the rest of that main cast has been uh, John Leguizamo, maybe not, but the rest of the cast um, has been, if not a you know, if not direct Avengers, you know, Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr. Um, you know, Bobby Cannaval has been in there, played it, you know, uh, has played played in the Ant-Man films. Um, this is definitely a movie that came out of that. Um, sorry, I'm I'm taking kind of the long way to answer your question. Um, I went and saw this and I knew almost nothing about it. And, you know, I thought, oh, that's a pretty solid cast. Um, that was pretty much the, uh, the extent of it. And it grabbed a hold of me in so many different ways. Um, as you said, the the father and son dynamic being number one, um, the the tremendous sense of humor the film has. Um and kind of the the, the melon some of the melancholy stuff is a little bit overwrought, but it's enough. Like it captures like middle-aged white guy angst pretty well. <laughs> you know, and
0: what a genre. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it captures that pretty well in a way that I can connect with. Um, again, the father and son story um, was a big thing. And the cooking scenes were incredible. And this is a movie that I have and continue to be inspired by in terms of, of cooking. It, it, it made me, so the first thing it made me want to do was go out and buy myself a really good sturdy knife. And yeah. I actually, I actually did that this year. Well, we'll get into some of it a little bit later on, but maybe. But, um, but I actually did that later on or earlier on this year. Well, late before Christmas last year, um, bought myself a nice knife that I'm, you know, taking care of and that I, you know, I, I wash it and put it away immediately, and I wash it and dry it and you know take care of it. And Do I you have a blade cover. Do you have a sharpener, Joe? I have a sharpener. I have one of those little honing things, and I'm gonna go get it professionally sharpened. Yeah. So, yeah, and I've got, a, you know, I just actually just yesterday bought a block, like a fancy block for it, for that and my other knives, but, you know, uh, who am I kidding? It's really that one. Um, but anyway, but anyway, yes, that, um, so that, that's all the stuff that, that really pulled me in. you know, I have, I have two sons and kind of that for me, there's that kind of, there's always kind of a underpinning of fear that you're losing your relationship with your with your sons, with your children um, in general, to be honest. Um, but you know, in the case of this film, what really brought that up was was um, the father-son dynamic. And I um I actually let my son watch this. This film was rated R. Um, so this would have been my son, my son, Riley's first R-rated movie. But it's all, let's uh, be,
0: let's be clear though. It's only rated R because they drop F-bombs a couple they times. They drop a
1: few, they drop, yeah, they drop a few too many F-bombs. This, is, this is
0: an acceptable yeah. movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly the reason why I thought, you know, at the, at the time, my, my now ex-wife, um, generally with an R-rated movie would have been very, very leery, no matter what, like it's rated R and now he can't watch it. But, um but with this one I was like no this one I mean there's you know there's a couple of f words other than that you're fine um so I I just went and put it on for him and and we watched it and he loved it as a he would have been 8 or 9 at the time and he loved it um and we we've actually watched it multiple times since it's one of it's one of it's a favorite of all three of my kids um they all watch it but it is not a kids movie in a traditional sense by any means like we said so so all of that kind of rolls into the reason why I really love this movie. Um, it, it reminds me of my own parenting and um, the passion of, you know, the, the cooking scenes and the passion of the passion he has for cooking. Um, and plus there's a couple of just really, really fun stuff in between that I really love. That oh, definitely. I, into. I mean, there, there's,
0: <clears throat> excuse me, something I want to touch on real quick that it, it's yeah. it, it sound tangential here, but it's going to get back to cooking specifically. Yeah. You know, I've been, um, so uh, my wife, as I told you, tested positive for COVID. And yeah. so we've been quarantining. Luckily, we're both okay. You know, like it was a overall mild situation. As you know, I think I've told you many times, we were more cautious than anyone else we know. So how this yeah. happened, I have no idea. But the point is, we've been quarantined. So while we've been yeah. quarantined, um, I got my wife to start watching um, Total Bellas. Uh, which is um, about wrestlers, yeah. basically. Uh-uh. Um, it's a really bad reality show, like uh, you know Real Housewives or something. And yeah. what 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 better shows can you watch during quarantine? Is just like shit that you'd never watch otherwise. So yeah. I, you know, I, I had seen you know the Bellas got put into the Hall of Fame this year, and that's kind of what they said. John Laurinaitis was. This is so inside, like no one cares. But they said John <laughs> Laurinaitis was their dad, and I didn't get it. So as I start looking into it, I'm like, I just got to watch this show. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we're watching it. And Daniel Bryan, for those of you who are wrestling fans, you will know the name, you know, and, and yeah. I don't remember exactly what year it was now, 2015 or 16. He had to call yeah. it quits. Right. Right. And yeah. uh, and because he had some health issues. And I, I just I remember telling my wife, I was like, man, people are going to look at this and just be like, boo hoo, dude, it's wrestling. No, right. this is his passion. This is what he spent his life doing. This mm-hmm. means the world to him. This yes. is what he loves. You know, I, when we had Bane on, on this episode, I interviewed Bane on here for their documentary on the first episode that we had. You yeah. weren't on that interview, but I mean, you know, I interviewed Bane. One of the things we talked about was having to quit music before you're ready. Sometimes yeah. there's just a time to stop, mm-hmm. but it often leads to regrets later because it's like, man, I could have pulled off one more tour. I could, You know, this was me too, man. I played hardcore for like 20 years, and my last huh. show was in a basement in front of 15 people because I didn't know it was my last show. You know oh, what I mean? Man. And it's just like, fuck, yeah. I need that one last match, right? I need that, I yeah. need that one last thing. So I bring all I bring both of these seemingly tangential things up to say, you know, when Favreau's character, Carl, loses his job and he's lost yeah. his passion for food. Yeah. In the same way as I just described, I feel for him so deeply, whereas other people might just. Scoff, And it's like, just get another job, dude. It's not about the next job. You don't want to relive. You don't want to just, I don't want to just be in another hardcore band just to be in a hardcore band. I want to accomplish these specific things. I want my passion to come alive. You know, I want to be a part of this. And that's what Carl wants. You know, and that's why he's so devastated. when. And we'll get to context with this. You know, right. well, I'll just give it now, real quick. Uh, yeah. Carl's setting up for this uh, this food critic, this really mm-hmm. prestigious food critic, to come in and try his food. And this critic's played oh. by Oliver uh, Platt. If you don't know who Oliver oh. Platt is by name, you'd know him if you saw him. So, yeah. and he's great. I love Oliver yes. Platt. He's I've,
1: terrific in the two scenes. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and it's a, it's kind of important to know too, plot wise at least that. Um, that he had he had previously reviewed Carl uh, Casper years before yeah. and raved about him. Yes. And now he's returning for like a second shot in like this new restaurant in Los it's in Los Angeles versus Miami was where they were before and it's years later now. Yes,
0: right? correct. Yeah, and and Oliver Platt's uh critic calls him like, you know, you were one of my guys, right? Like I mean yeah. he really loved him, right? Uh-huh. So the whole point is he's coming in and Dustin Hoffman plays the the shop owner, like this restaurant owner, and they had an agreement. Uh, you know, Carl and uh, oh my god, I don't have it in front of me. I, I think <laughs> it's Ravi Riva. or some, R- Riva, Riva. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, you know, uh, Dustin Hoffman's Riva, the store owner, and and Favreau's Carl are talking. And the original arrangement was Carl gets to do whatever he wants in the back, and yeah. Riva runs the business in the front. But you know, Riva puts his foot down and says, "No, we're we're like don't." Don't try to be fancy. Do what you do best. Do what people love. Do the hits. Yeah. You know, so this is this is Billy Joel playing Uptown Girl instead of, you know, some new unreleased track, right? Like that's right. that's what, yeah. you know, that's what they're trying to get. Yeah. So there's, Far- there's actually the
1: line, sorry, to, he yeah, go ahead. he actually says uh Reva actually says to him at one point, if you bought Stones ticket and Jagger didn't play satisfaction, what would you do? And he goes you'd burn the place to the fucking ground.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Similar reference. I'm a genius. So anyway, so, you know, uh, you know, Carl does the hits and this critic thinks that he is kind of a washed up has been now because they're not. It wasn't great food. It didn't blow him away. It wasn't an art like it was the first experience. And Carl also knows this. Right, yeah. like he knows that he's doing this as a job, and he just loves hanging out. It's less about the food working at this place now, and it's more about the people he works with. You can see his relationships with mm-hmm. um, uh, Leguizamo's Martin and Canavale's uh, mm-hmm. kind of Tony. Right, like he gets along with them so well. And anyways, uh, the, the the whole the whole build up to this is he gets a negative review, mm-hmm. and it's it is scathing, it is brutal for someone like that, you know, yeah. any artist will understand the pain of a two star review out of however many stars, you right. know, if I put out a record and I get a two out of five or, you know, God forbid a two out of 10 or something, that's yeah. terrible. You know, wrestling matches, you know, if Meltzer gives that shit, you know, a one star, <laughs> or whatever, right. you know? yeah. like that's hard. Like, even if you say you don't care, there is a part of the artist that has like a certain pride about doing well for the people that are perceived to matter, so anyways, long story short, this is where Carl's passion is reinvigorated, right? Immediately, as soon as he uh, gets in another argument with Riva, and they get in an, a second argument because uh, Carl has his son uh, I, dude, I have the names right in front of me. I keep losing them. Percy. Uh, but yeah, Percy. Percy. So you know, Carl's son, Percy, helps him get a Twitter account started because tony and martin are like hey man fuck twitter right
1: bro, bro fuck twitter man. yeah and he's like what's
0: twitter like what's happening
1: so his son helps him <laughs> yeah, get it has, set up he has no concept yeah, no no concept of social media whatsoever he
0: he is an artist that only cares about his art right like yeah. um yeah. it's that kind of like it doesn't matter anyway so so percy helps him get it set up and he realizes this has gone viral that this uh-huh. critics review this negative review has gone viral yeah. So basically, it, it it ends up where where Carl says a few things that he will later regret, and he challenges him to come in, and he'll make yeah. a, sp- like, I'll show you, yeah. motherfucker, you wouldn't know a good, you wouldn't know uh-huh. good food if it sat on your face, right? Yes. So, <laughs> great line. So anyways, yeah. you know, uh, Dustin Hoffman's Riva, the store owner, says, hey, we're sticking, I mean, they get into a pretty heated fight here, so much yeah. so that Riva says, you're not changing it, you're going to play the hits, and uh-huh. Carl walks out. And his sous chef, Tony, ends up taking over his spot. And so when the critic comes in, and the place is sold out at this point, right? right? The place is sold out because they're there to see this critic versus this chef, and the chef has no-showed. Like, he's gone. But at his house, he makes Uh, the greatest spread. I mean, it looks brilliant, right? I mean, it's so good. I just want to just consume all of it. And, you know, uh, we'll get further into the story. Again, I don't want to play-by-play this, but just as some context early on here. And, I, dude, like you said, just to touch on this first, and I do want to get back to cast here in a minute, but I, I want to talk about the food, man. You touched oh. on that. the Dude, the, uh, the way I put this, when when I talked about it, um, I'm actually just going to pull up my my uh, little, little ditty here. Um, but I think I put a... Uh, yeah, I put... It's it's all about heart and food, like that's what I call this movie. You know, it's like if you if you're not into the heart of this film, maybe you'll be into the food. If you're not into the food, maybe you'll be into the heart. If you're not into either one, there's something wrong with you because it does those things well. And so, anyways, the food though, dude, this is like Hannibal level. Uh or better like you know like this is better than hannibal food and if you don't yeah. know what i'm talking about i'm talking about the tv show hannibal because like they do all kinds of really badass like food stuff but dude it looks so good it like makes me want to cook like like you with the knife i'm like man i should get a knife yeah <laughs> dude, absolutely. i make macaroni and cheese bro like i don't need, <laughs> i don't right. need a knife but it right. makes me want one to do something better you know yeah. what i mean It's so good. Like, dude, I don't even understand how they make food look so good in this. And the cool thing is that John Favreau did all of his own stuff. Uh Like, he learned. He was trained by uh, the guy that actually owns the food truck. And Uh they had worked together. And he learned the skills necessary to, like, to film these scenes. And the way he chops, like, there's a point where he's chopping cucumbers. And I'm like, you'd think this is a double, but it's all one take. And it just backs up and you see him.
1: Well. Well, I was gonna tell you that actually, I I have knowledge of that scene. That act scene actually, if you watch the the DVD commentary, Blu-ray commentary, depending on what you know platform you're on, he does say that's those aren't his hands. Those oh. are the chef. Yeah, those are actually that chef's hands. Really? But they, they just use yeah, they use camera trickery to to get it spliced together. I yeah. was
0: 100 percent fooled, as you can tell. Yeah. I did not know that. I mean, I've looked. I've I've you know, I watched this literally right before uh-huh. we did this, and so I looked at like. The first five trivia things on IMDb, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, yeah. but I do know that he learned how to cook. But that's that's either way, it's believable, man. I mean, like watching him cook. You, if there's anything this film does, and I want to pass it off to you about the food thing, if you have anything to say. But uh, the 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 thing, if if the film does nothing else, man, it really exudes the passion that he has for food. Yes, you know, like you, you had uh, in, in on. Uh, letterbox you had you were kind of detailing each person and one of the people you detailed was Scarlett johansson you called her the girlfriend uh which she's kind of i mean they're not really dating it was a great way to describe her and what you wrote but they're not really dating they're like they've clearly hooked up at some point but what i love is it looks like they're about to hook up and he just takes her to his apartment and cooks her food (laughs) like if that's not a better example of his passion for food. I honestly don't know what is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, yeah, I had the, uh, in that particular scene, I had the distinct impression that, yeah, they had, they had hooked up at that point. Like that's his, that's his go-to move, right? It's like, that's how he gets girls, you know, that, you know, how he, how he gets them hooked, right? Like he's a good enough guy, but he's, you know, he's a schlubby guy in his, in his what, late thirties or forties. And um, I always joke to people about this movie that You can tell who wrote it and directed it, who was in charge of all that, by who he chose as kind of his love interests in the movie, which are Sofia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I love
0: that you just segued into the cast, which is exactly <laughs> yeah, where I wanted sorry. to go, because
1: I, I, I do have I do have stuff to say about the food, though. I'm sorry. I, no, I wanna, I wanna, go uh, ahead and say your
0: thing about the food, and then I'm going to jump to the cast because you just segued yeah. perfectly.
1: Right. Yeah. Because yeah, there's so much I want to say about that. Yeah. There. There are every one of the dishes they make in this movie. There's a there's a scene where he makes um, Percy a grilled cheese sandwich. And that is the most incredible looking grilled cheese sandwich I've ever seen. It made me want to go make one. You know, he, and he you know, you see him like he has like the like one of the the flat top kind of kind griddle, of stove yeah. like, like a griddle top and he puts the the pieces the slices of bread down separately and then he puts cheese on each piece of bread. And then he like really careful, like you can see him. he's like underneath it, looking underneath at the bread toasting. And then he finally puts them together. And it's just, and it's like five different kinds of cheeses. And it's just, he's got it, it's just looks so perfect. And then the, the cheese is all melted just the right way. And he, he even rebutters the bread at one point, right? Like, like it's cooking and he's like, oh, and he takes this knife and he's really, or this butter, you know, the butter, I don't know, spreader and really carefully like, you know, rebutters this one little spot then he you know he takes it and there's just this incredible crunch when he cuts it and oh. he drops it to, he drops it to his son who then says mom always cuts the crusts off yeah <laughs> and he goes yeah i don't do that yeah
0: i mean dude it's it's um again back to you know it does a really great job at exuding uh, his passion because he's making yeah. a fucking grilled cheese for his kid it's, yeah. like, the most boring – I mean, I love grilled cheese. Don't get me wrong. So is my wife. Yeah. So is my kid. But, I mean, right. like, it, it's not a fancy thing. But, man, he makes it look fancy. He's even adjusting the temperature, like the heat, yes. of you know, to get it just yeah. right. Like, it's, you know, it's starting to sizzle. So he, like, cuts back on the heat so it'll melt everything. Man, I mean, yeah – you said it makes you want to go make one, but I think if you're like me, it does more than that. It makes you want to make the best one you've ever made.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what it, what, you know, that, that became a thing for me. Like I don't go to that extent. I don't have that kind of, you know, that skill or knowledge, but I, I am a lot more careful when I make one. And I, and I do play around with, you know, different kinds of cheeses a little bit now every now and then. And I always, I always endeavor to make the cheese come off of the you know out you know kind of squeeze through the bread like that like he does but there there's just so many things in this it, just like you you know you mentioned just watching him slice things and there there is one part and I think it's the scene you reference where he goes back to his his place and, and cooks basically what he was going to cook for the critic And he's like slicing, he's slicing like citrus fruit, like oranges or limes or something. And there's this light on the, like right on the the, the fruit. And when he slices through it, it's just, it's just an incredible visual. But uh, it's the kind of movie, like sitting here talking about it, my mouth is watering. And I'm like, yeah, as
0: I'm watching, I'm like, I just ate and I can eat more now, you know? And, and I hope people listening to this don't misunderstand here. Like this isn't just us geeking out about food. Like this right. is a major part of the movie, yeah. at least a, at least a, a peripheral. Like it's it's the it's the passion that moves that propels the story, right? Yeah. And so like he he loves food, and so it it's also exhibited through you know slicing through a lime or whatever, and you watch all like the spurts of juice shoot out, and you know like yeah. it, But it's it's not done so on the nose. Like it's very well paced yeah. it's very well shot everything is it feels like I said the execution is yeah. just kind of
1: perfect you know it's, it's kind of the it's kind of the Rocky 4 of cooking movies where, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean <laughs> well, well if you watch Rocky 4 so Rocky 4 is essentially like a, there's like one scene and then there's a fight and then it's like a montage and then there's a scene and then there's a montage and then there's a scene and a montage and it's kind of like that where the cooking scenes kind of take the place of like the training scenes. So, you know, it, so, you know, they go through and it's like, there's no easy way out. Instead of that, it's like this, you know, this this very jazzy, I don't know, you can, you could probably have a better grasp on the music than, than I do, jazz is not quite right, but there, there's a bluesy kind of thing. There's there's a lot of like, they, they play around with, with musical genres a little bit um, and, you know, play songs that we, some songs, you know, in a certain genre that are played in a different one, you know. Yeah, but through. they're
0: geographically specific. When they're in Miami, yeah. you have a very specific kind of like C- Cuban Hispanic, you know. There's Absolutely. like a movement to it, and when they're in Louisiana, there's this kind of bluesy. You know, like mm-hmm. like each place. When they're in Austin, you have this kind of very hip, uh, yeah. you know, um, almost like a Hendrix style, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I, I get yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. The,
1: yeah. So. So there, there's all it, it all works together, and that's that's another thing that really works is, is yeah, like you said, is the the, the geographically specific music, and, and there's and there's talk about it, you know, he um, as he goes along, you know, there's the this t- I guess t- I don't know, we're talking about characters uh, or uh, if if or the performances at this point, uh, the cast, we're talking about the cast, right? Uh, uh, the- I haven't
0: yeah. yet, but I want to, yes,
1: okay. yeah. So well, basically, so basically, as we're starting, right, we we intersperse these these cooking scenes with so basically you know he's cooking and he's like oh i got to go pick up my kid so he goes to the ex wife's house now the ex wife is sofia vergara plays um inez and she is um she's cuban right so her her dad um we find out later is a musician in miami and um so that that's and that's a that's definitely factors in later on too as to um the the eventual food truck part but um so he he goes picks up his kid and they go very quickly and do a bunch of stuff, you know. There's always like they, he takes him grocery shopping for you know for his restaurant, and he you know so he's there, there's a great little argument about kettle corn versus um uh like and fruit
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
1: so so Percy's like can we get kettle corn dad because he's at the farmers market and he's like. No, no, no. We don't need kettle corn. You know kettle corn is? It's carbs and sugar. Because how about this nice piece of fruit? Look at this beautiful piece of fruit. And then it cuts and like they're walking down the street and they're both eating kettle corn. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like this this is this little moment. So yeah, so he takes him to buy all the stuff he's gonna buy for that night for um, for the uh, the critic, which of course he's not allowed to use. And he's gonna go back just to the same stuff he'd been doing. Um so yeah, so that that all you know that that's all the the tie-in. And there, and there is a moment that I want to mention this early on, but before we, we step away from it, where, um, there, as they're out they're they're stopped at this little puppeteer and he's, this dude has got this little like skeleton marionette. Yeah.
0: Singing Al Green having, songs.
1: Yeah. He's singing an Al Green song and it's like, you know, and, and it touches on this, this loneliness part, right? The, it's the, and I can't remember what, what the song is. I think I have it written down. Um, um, uh, whatever it is, he's, um, it, it's, yeah, it, it's about, it's about loneliness and, you know, and he, and it, it does this like pull in on, or this, this, uh, close up on, on Carl. And you can see that like, he's connecting with the song at the moment and it's hitting him. And then his you know, that his kid pulls him out of it and it's like, oh, we got to move along. But, you know, it's, it's, that's maybe a kind of a weaker moment, but, um, it, It's it's still kind of it kind of hits just a little bit just just kind of the just the right beat. It's not too and it it kind of shows that he's that's this is the stuff he's pushing aside you know for his job which is you know the this this theme of you're pursuing your passion right you're 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 right there and you're you're living your lifelong dream but now you have to compromise yourself because your boss is a prick and you know, doesn't want to listen to you and doesn't want to, you know, uh, let you actually truly live your dream. And so that, you know, so kind of capturing that grabbing that is, is another central theme of of the story. So sure. So yeah. Yeah. The Al Green
0: song you're looking for is tired of being alone. Everyone go check that out. I would play it on here but we'd probably get some cease and desist things so <laughs> uh,
1: we're not critiquing
0: the song or i would just do it but anyways go ahead
1: <laughs> yeah so but yeah so um so yeah so that is there um uh, i want to mention as we start talking about the cast i want to mention oddly mj anthony i want to mention him first go for I it really, yeah and then
0: i'll and then i'll jump in go for it mj anthony
1: i think he's really terrific in this movie um, he's also in another movie that i really like that gets doesn't really get a whole lot of um attention maybe maybe not as much as it should anyway that's that's Krampus the horror film the christmas horror film yeah um, he's the lead in that film as well and he could he can carry a movie i mean i don't know him today you know this is what uh seven years later he's probably an adult but um he did with both of these movies did a really terrific job and and uh uh, made a couple of of pretty memorable movies so um here he's you know he's he's just a typical kid he's what 10 11 years old maybe and um he's he's smart and quiet uh, a little bit introverted but he's all about his parents and he's clearly you know the character's clearly sad that his parents are not together um his and his dad is a little bit emotionally distant from time to time um but he really enjoys truly enjoys hanging out with him and it's uh, um and, and that's an, another kind of driver of the film is is his ability to um, to be believable as, you know, you're not like, oh, a, you know, a kid is not gonna wanna hang out with his dad the way that they do in this movie. That's like, no, this is the perfect age for them to do that. And and he does a good job of, of kind of establishing that he's not bratty. He's not overly bratty. He doesn't try to be overly cute or coy. He's just a kid that doesn't, he doesn't really know the whole world. And, and MJ Anthony does a great job of, of kind of, uh, expressing all that
0: yeah my daughter is the exact age i should actually just show this to her uh like you did she'd she'd probably dig it dude uh, she's this age and and like if this movie does anything it makes me want to be a more present father and you know yes. uh i love my wife so much because she would never let me not be you know right <laughs> like like she yeah. would like she always keeps us doing stuff and keeping us together because i would get lost in my passions much like he does like you know when i, I remember when my daughter was a little younger and I would often like, you know, if she was eating dinner, sometimes I'd go work on a song for like 10 minutes or so and then go back, you know. And, and being present was kind of hard for me at a certain point um, mm-hmm. after I divorced her mom, uh, but before right. I found my uh, my wife Amanda, you know, like in between that time I had a lot of like emotional – ups and downs and my passions were what really pulled me out of it, you know, and I'm sure that that relates to Carl to some ex- to some extent, you know, mm-hmm. um, but man, it's, it it is really accurate because like my daughter's that way, like even if I'm going to do something she doesn't want to do, like there was a, yeah. there was a point where for some reason I was going to be, I think, um, I don't exactly remember, but I think my wife had something she had to do, so it was just going to be me and my daughter and she was like will you do this with me and i'm like i don't want to do like
1: <laughs> right, maybe
0: yeah. like we'll see and then i was like well if i do that though i was probably like building a fort or something i don't know and i'm like if i do that though you have to watch wrestling with me and she's like okay like okay yeah but she just like it's cuz she it wasn't because she wanted the fort it was like i just want to hang out with you and if that means i have to watch wrestling then let's right. watch wrestling right and yes. it, it's very believable to me especially the way that uh, MJ Anthony's Percy handles it Uh like yes. whenever he finds out that you know Carl can't take him on this trip that he had kind of half acidly agreed to it never felt like a certainty but of course Percy took it as a certainty and so um, you know they don't get to go on this trip and the way he handles that like I understand if we can't go you can tell it crushes him but yes you know, he's believable enough on the phone and Carl is obviously so self-absorbed with his passions that he lets it go. He's like, Oh great. Thank you. You're like, you're being really adult about this. Right. Um, but in, in reality it just crushes him. And that's exactly how I would imagine my daughter being if I had to, I mean, just recently, actually she just joined Girl Scouts and she wanted to go on this, this, uh, this, what is it? Camping trip that they're doing with some of her friends um, and because there's a pandemic and stuff that still makes me feel a little weird. Uh, but I was like, okay, maybe. And then I realized that we had, that was our weekend with her. And we have like a, a, a birthday party that we, we have outside birthday parties with our family sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, we had one of those It was the first birthday of my wife's niece or Our cousin, yeah. like a baby cousin. And, yeah. and so we we're like, no, you want to go to this. Like you were hyped about this. I'm talking to my daughter and uh, you know, I, I know that she probably was crushed that she didn't get to go on this camping trip, but she's like, okay, like I'll do yeah. this. And she's being such a trooper about it, but I know deep down, like that's a huge thing for a kid. Like relatively speaking, you know, it's, I don't know. Anyways, we're kind of rambling on here. Uh, I, I, I agree with you is basically what I'm getting. There's just so many points where I can relate to it. And I think, some of the criticisms of the film that I saw on whether it be letterboxed or wherever the non-critic critiques yeah. right uh, so letterbox probably is exclusively where I saw them you know the the, the one thing that I <clears throat> that I see is is people I don't know like there's not a damn not one damn good argument you know what I mean uh-huh. like it's just yeah. like like one of them was to the cast just to kind of segue back to that. You know, and they're just like, of course he would get Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara to be his love interest in the movie. And that's right. their only critique and they give it like a 2. And I'm like, Ugh. are you kidding? Like that's not the me. thing or like, yeah. you know, it would be like, oh cool, he watched he watched too much Food Network like food truck shows. And it's like, are you clearly have no heart or you're not watching this with any kind of like understanding of what the actual film's doing, because I want to get to the writing eventually, but sticking to this yeah. though, yeah. I agree to the extent that some of these people could have probably been cast for more fitting and believable people. It doesn't mean that Scarlett Johansson or Sofia Vergara, being two examples, are bad in it. They're not. They do oh, great. I just yeah. don't buy. I don't. So like Scarlett Johansson may be a bit more, but she's so such a big actress at this point that it is a little distracting to me. Exactly. Like when Robert Downey jr. Comes on the screen, you're like, you can't, you can't, I'm going to double negative, double Uh negative it here. You can't not be starstruck by these people in a movie like this. You don't see them in movies like this anymore. You know what I mean? So when they're there, you're kind of like, Oh shit, that's Iron Man, you know? And like, I actually kind of had a hard time divorcing these people from that because their characters aren't all that divorced from the other characters either. Like they're not doing like, anything distinct. Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have like eighties big glasses on and like a mullet. Like he just looks like Tony Stark minus the facial hair. You know, you know like, what I mean? Like he's it's yeah. the same guy. He still has like the quirky dialogue and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think in terms of being able to really execute those things, maybe it would be smart to have different cast to kind of keep focus on the story. But, dude, if I were friends with all these people, fuck you. I'm putting these people in my movie so I can make $48 million and make more passion projects later. Of course he's going to use you know Scarlett Johansson, Dustin Hoffman, Sofia Vergara, <laughs> Oliver Platt, Robert Downey Jr., Amy Sedaris. Like of course he's going to use these people. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you use them? Yeah. That's not an excuse. I'm not Again, I've already ex- expressed that I think there could be better casting choices, though I think John Leguizamo is perfect. Yes. And the same spot. with Tony uh played by Bobby uh, Cannavale, perfect. Yeah. I think they're yeah. just so great. But yeah. uh yeah man, even Dustin Hoffman like yeah. you notice him, but I've seen him in a lot of other indie stuff. It's not hard for me to see him as right. like this character.
1: But there were some. Did, did you get that feeling too? Like with some of the people? I, I well, I did. It, it is you know, it is Scarlett Johansson. It is Robert Downey Jr. Um, in the latter's case, you know, he's only got one scene. Yeah, and it's so memorable and it's so funny, and it it completely works for me. Um, I, it didn't, I wouldn't say it bothered me too much. Um, Scarlett Johansson sort of, I, I hate to say like, I don't want to say like she, she, you know, uglied herself up. She did not, but she didn't, they didn't go to great lengths to make her seem to be glamorous. Scarlett Johansson, her makeup is different than it was in usual different films. She's, um, you know, she plays the hostess of the the restaurant and, And so she is, you know, so she has a certain manner, right. That, that her, I think as an actress, she kind of fits that, like having like the way that she kind of glides, you know, the the way Scarlett Johansson moves, she kind of glides across and it's, and it's got the, it it has kind of those hallmarks of a, of a, a hostess at a high end restaurant like that, where everything is real quiet. You know, she has to move really quietly and, and with purpose. And, um, So she, I thought, I thought she did a fine job. I thought they all did a fine job where they were. Um, I, I wouldn't ultimately change anything there, just because of, you know, that the fact that you know she did really well, and Robert Downey Jr. was hysterically funny. And I, and I really want to talk about his scene.
0: (laughs) I, I I do too, because because though he is funny, I don't, I, Uh, I trade it for anything else. I, I don't find it that. it's memorable, but back to the kind of starstruck part. It's mostly memorable because to me, uh, because yes. it's Robert Downey Jr. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, and I think part of it is it, it feels too forced for me. And again, I love this movie, so this isn't yeah, like is. I yeah. don't. I don't mean for this to be any kind of like direct criticism. It's more of a nitpick, but yeah, um, yeah I just, I it feels very forced, and it goes back to the writing, which again we'll get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It just. It was yeah. just he's just talking to him in circles, and then it also yeah. didn't feel kind of like Carl to me in that moment, like because uh-huh. I, I I get the weird dynamic. So so to give some context to this, Robert Downey Jr. plays Marvin. He is the I believe first ex husband, yeah, of he, Sophia Vergara's anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, of Sophia Vergara's Inez, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. after they split up, she started seeing John Favreau. And then, uh, or Carl, rather. And then they split up, right? But they had a kid. So Percy is Carl's uh, Uh son. So that's how all of that plays in. But the whole point is, uh, Inez gets a hold of Marvin because he has a food truck. And he's really wealthy. Like, he's a very wealthy, very successful kind of entrepreneur or something. And so he has this this old, beat-up food truck. And Inez talks him into kind of mm-hmm. giving it to Carl, you know, uh, yeah. or at least like selling it to him. However, it worked out. They don't really, yes. those details honestly don't matter. But the point is, he, you know, Carl gets it. Yeah. And uh, so that, that's the history. But in order, this initial meeting between Carl and Marvin, uh-huh. you know, he walks in, he has to put these stupid booties on over his <laughs> yeah. shoes and he's <laughs> slipping on the floor. Yeah. And then when he's talking to him, I understand the dynamic there because he doesn't want to fuck things up like he has already in the movie. Right, yes. so that, that's like that makes narrative sense to me. So, he's trying yeah, to walk so, on eggsh—well, one second he's trying to yeah, okay, walk good. on eggshells. He's trying to like, you know, pretty literally, yeah, yeah, li- <laughs> yeah, <literally>, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he, and he's he's sincerely trying to like be cool. This is also like his ex-wife's ex-husband. It's like a very yeah. weird. The whole thing's yeah. weird, and and uh, Marvin is not helping the weirdness of the situation. So I right. I, I get that. I do feel yeah. like Carl. I don't know, man. I, he's so passionate and like steadfast uh, in how he is. It did seem yeah. like a character change, but at the same time, again, he fucked up already in the movie. This right. could be him trying to correct that. But what were you going to say about this scene?
1: Yeah, no, I, well, I was going to say the um, the, um, the, the one bit that that we haven't really talked about, um, is that when, when, um, uh, on the, the second meeting between the critic and and Carl, when yeah. he, when Carl is sent away, and they and um, and the, and then the critic uh, Ramsey Michelle is his name, he comes back in to you know get the special uh, the special menu that he had talked about. It's exactly the same thing, right? It's exactly the same food, and he's and he's like cracking up, and he and he's like still like talking trash on Twitter about him and you know and carl's at home and he's seeing all this and he gets pissed and he's like i'm going to go confront him goes into the restaurant to confront him and there's a great scene where he's um he grabs the 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 one thing he, he he's in on <laughs> one of the things you know is the chocolate lava cake and he says in the the review he says he doesn't even have the courage to undercook the lava cake giving it its molten center and he's like that's not even what a chocolate lava cake is like you're you're expressing that wrong and he's like he goes, you put a frozen cylinder of ganache in the middle of the cake and then you cook it so that it's molten in the middle. It's not undercooked. And he like physically grabs the cake and smushes it in his hand. And he goes, it's molten. Yeah, yeah. So While he's doing this, he's in the middle of the restaurant and everyone's got their phones out and they're recording it.
0: Yeah. Again, and sold out restaurant. This is the biggest day yes. they've had ever. Go yes. Yes
1: and and there's just there's you can see the the flashes that came in the background and seeing people holding their phones and it the videos of course go viral and it becomes a huge thing and so he's really well known for now he's the the chef who melted down at the critic and so he so not only can he not and, and this this both, play, both plays into the scene we're talk, other scene we're talking about now this you know keeps him from being able to just go get a job somewhere else right because everyone's yeah. like not touching you because you're the lunatic chef yeah and so it it, it it gives him the impetus of of going to pursue this food truck idea that his wife has been badgering yeah. him about and he's like i don't want to do that i'm a chef and he has this real like kind of like you know hoity-toity judgmental attitude about what a food truck is <clears throat> so so he, yeah so he goes to to get this food truck and and um the like like you said the the actual if this movie if this scene had been cut from the movie, and they were just like, "Hey, this came from Inez's ex-husband," it wouldn't have really affected the movie that much, right? Like, yeah. it, it wouldn't have yeah. done a whole lot. But there's just this whole little bit that I think Robert Downey Jr. just made up and and improvised almost. It feels like uh, because there's there's a bit about his his um, receptionist, how he and he and the first thing he so he walks in, uh, Carl walks into Marvin's office. And he's, you know, slipping around with these, these are like like surgical booties, right? Like if you go into an operating room. And he's he's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, well, she's pregnant. And and Carl's like, what? And he's like, yeah, she's pregnant. And he's like, Carl says, well, is it yours? And he says, that's what she says. <laughs> and then he says, and I don't know why I love this line. He says, he goes, Luckily for me, I had my tubes tied in 06, so obviously she's a fucking liar too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all deadpan. And
1: yeah, he's so deadpan about it, but he called, he said, he said I have a problem because she's the best receptionist I've ever had, but she's also a fucking liar. Um, so, like, he just goes through all this stuff. He's, like, throwing carpet swatches at him. He's like, I need to carpet this place because people are sliding around like a, a goddamn ice rink and You know, there's, there's all, but he won't let them take off the booties. Like, and we don't have any reason. We don't know why they have to wear these booties on the floor. He's clearly Uh, an
0: eccentric soul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and Carl takes this as he's busting his balls when he's trying to, you know, ask for a favor Um, because he, he comes up and he's like, look, you're not a turd, man. He's like, I know you probably feel like a turd. And he's like, I don't feel like a turd. I just feel like I had a bad week. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, you know, and it's just it's just it's fun to just see those two actors going at it in in a in a different context obviously they're they they co-star in the iron man films and and so you know we we saw that but it's fun to see them sparring that way in in this context even though like we said it's not all that important to the the rest of the film he yeah. disappears you know uh, marvin disappears and we never hear from him again and it doesn't matter really yeah um,
0: yeah it's it's interesting because uh like that scene's great uh for what it is but John Favreau you're talking about the spar and the verbal sparring you know between yeah. people and yeah. Favreau is so good at being kind of the the second man right yeah. like if you have yeah. a really great star and he does great in this movie I love John Favreau here uh yeah. but uh he's really good even in Elf you know mm-hmm. like you have yeah. Will Ferrell and James Kahn in the hospital and he plays yeah. of course he directed that as well um uh, yeah. but he plays the doctor that's doing like the test to see if they're actually related. And right. even in that scene, the way that they, the way that all the dialogue is bouncing off, you know, and Will Ferrell eating these like, mm-hmm. uh, um, cotton. cotton balls. Yeah. yeah. And all of those, just the quick, everything's quick, man. Everything's quick. And, and I just think he's such a great, like guy to bounce off of. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like he's so perfect, but speaking of, Speaking of that, though, uh, one thing I will say before we get into the writing, because I'm kind of dying to get into that, uh, yeah. the execution of the writing, man, the way that everyone talks, like when they're in the kitchen, I don't care yeah. if an actual chef were to come in and go, that is not how it is. I don't I, right. I don't know if it is or isn't. I don't care.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've got <it>
0: insight. <laughs> well, good, good, because cause the yeah. thing is, like, Carl, Tony, and Martin their banter between each other is so lyrical almost like there's just a rhythm and not in like a Tarantino or like, um, I don't know why I can't think of someone, uh, more accurate to that, but like sometimes there's like very distinctly lyrical rhythmic talking where it's like very, it's almost like, um, the focus is like how people are talking quickly to one another. This feels very natural, but man, yeah. they did it, I believe they've been around each other for as long as they have. You know what I mean like they're all yes. very, it's the details. So the story here is like so basic and we've seen this sort of thing a billion times. And uh and there's nothing I don't think there's really anything that that great about the writing, but it's the no. details that he pulls out. I mean, e- even little things like whenever uh Dustin Hoffman's Riva comes in and he says something and all the guys look at Carl, yes. right? Like almost to get his like, okay. Right. And, and yeah. Riva even it's like, why are you looking at him? I own this place, you know, but yeah. it's be- uh, like you, those little details, man, are like what give you the idea of how relationships are built in the movie and where they stand. You don't have to go into a whole backstory and talk about how long, you know, Martin has known Carl. You get yeah. that through these nonverbal very simple cues while the scene is meant to show a conflict between Carl and Reva. We're also learning on top of that, like the relationship between Tony Martin and the rest of the group with Carl. I mean, I think just execution wise, so fantastic again with Scarlett Johansson's Molly, like they never talk about a past relationship. There is a point where it looks like they're about to kiss and then the next scene is him making her food. You know what I mean? But it's like, they don't talk about it, but you very quickly get it through body language and just yes. like how they're hanging out. The details of when they're sitting and talking, it's because they're smoking weed in the back alley, you know, yeah. like as he's working through problems to with her, you know what I mean? Like right. you pick up on these relationships and that's why I think relationships are such a f- foundational part of this. And yeah. that part, I, I it's like, I don't even credit the writing for any of that. Even if those details were in it, like it's all yeah. execution with the camera and how he, he blocks that out. But before I kind of go on like a rampage, like how did you feel about not only the execution of the writing, but also just the writing at large?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, um, those, you know, those scenes, what it, what it feels like to me more than anything is that these actors, you know, who were very clearly friends, you know, with each other, um, you know, just based on if you just if you're just looking at the you know from the outside, you know they they they're making multiple movies together, and this this kind of little small movie just pops up between, you know, with Favreau's schedule. If you're you're thinking like, okay, he made Iron Man, he made Iron Man two, he's involved with Avengers, he's in all this stuff. You know, he's he's one of like the he's one of the brain trusts kind of of the the Marvel you know movie universe, yeah. and he's using all these guys from you know from this these franchises. And you could, you could just almost see them on set. You know, they're on set of these movies and they're going, let's make this movie. And then they're talking through these character beats and these, you know, the relationships between them. And you can see them being friends and you can kind of, like you said, see that history without without knowing it specifically. And, you know, you know that, that Tony and Martin have been working for Carl for a long time. Carl's nickname, he's got these tattoos on his fingers um, and it's El Jefe, which means the boss that's uh i think it's spanish i'm sure it's spanish yeah. uh, it, it means the ball, which i don't i don't speak spanish but i had, i had to look that up because I, I always wondered um that's what his food truck ends up being named um later on um and it um, it it just all yeah it all just kind of works out it almost feels like instead of like the writing process was almost a dialogue process right like they like you could just almost see them sitting around talking about it rather than writing it all down and it being it, it just has that kind of that granularity and it feels it feels authentic in that way like they you know that's what they they sat around as these characters making these up so yeah the this yeah the story is very simple it's basically father and son um who are sort of not estranged but they're not the relationship is missing something and they go on a road trip and that repairs everything and they get to share things with each other the way fathers and sons should and it's kind of you know and then Parallel to that, the father has been, you know, is you know the, the stuff we've talked about, you know, his pursuing his dreams and you know being bogged down by the minutia and the politics of it, and then he has to go and re it, and you know he he kind of rearranges his life and and repairs his life through both by both embracing his career and his his son his family. So, you know that that part of it's super simple. There, there's a lot of nice um, like callbacks and and it's weird to me um, how much social media is involved. In this. this is almost a commercial for Twitter and other you know other kind of uh, they, they mentioned vine at one point. Um, but there's a lot of essentially they, they use Twitter to keep their business going. They're, that's their entire uh, as they said their entire marketing model is, is Twitter. They they roll into the next town and they start tweeting, and and of course this is partly buoyed by the increase in, in in followers Carl got after the the you know incident with the critic, so so it all kind of ties together that way. But it's all done in in a relatively simple way, um, as you said, and with some characters that are really not even all that important to the plot, um, and. You know, it, it all just kind of rotates in between. And and also important, kind of important to, to note um, is how many people, which which we'll talk about maybe in a second, um, maybe even like his closing remarks because um, there, there's some kind of fun trivia, but some of the people that they actually visit throughout where they're, you know, they're you see them picking up like a, a special brisket as they're getting into Austin. Uh, I think it's a brisket. Um, and, but the people who they are talking to are actual owners of, of this like smoke shop, you know, where they're smoking all this meat. And it's it's a like it's a it's really well known. And and there's so there's all these all these characters where that's their only job, right? They're okay, this is the guy that we're buying this particular cut of meat from. You know, so they in the you know they sit and talk to him for a second, but they're they're not actors. They're the real people. And that's that's kind of a, a thing that lends a lot of authenticity to it. So again, as you said, it's the execution, it's not so much, it's not so much that they just wrote a tremendous movie and staged a, a tremendous production. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I, I think you know every step of the way, Chef feels like it's about to get cheesy, you know, uh-huh. and I think yes. because of these cliches or because of some of these you know, story beats that, that kind of huh? feel overused. And I, I do feel like it never does because of the execution. Like it always finds a way to kind of skirt around that. So if, yep. if any listeners haven't seen this and, and it's on Netflix, so you can go watch it if, and I'm not closing yet. I want to keep talking, but, no, but I mean, like, if you go check this out, like if you start to feel like this is something cliche, keep watching it because even if you would call it that, uh, I would yep. use the term trope probably like there are certain uh-huh. tropes that we've seen before um, but executions, everything, man. and and you talked about the social media. and I, I want I, you just reminded me I wanted to look up to see if Twitter had any kind of like financial backing or or relationship <laughs> with the movie, because yeah. even when people are outside the food truck tweeting, you see these little cG birds like fly off with like the the right. tweet sound, you know, which yes. is great. and and it and it makes a lot of sense. And, but it's also like very relevant not only to the time twenty fourteen mm-hmm. where Twitter was like. Facebook wasn't cool anymore and Twitter is like the thing. But yeah. also, you know, uh, for a local business and a small especially a business, you know, I know a couple of I know someone who owns a a, a coffee truck actually and then someone who owns a yeah. food truck and both of them like survive on social media. Like that's it. Yeah. People like it and they post where they're going to be and they'll do exactly what they did in the movie. They'll take a picture of where they're setting up and it's like, "Hey, come hang out." Some of them will kind of migrate between like three or four locations always and maybe show up at a at a certain event or something some of them will actually kind of tour around and just like hit different areas if they want to hit the road kind of like what we see in the movie a bit and man it's just like i i think the use of social media is so perfect the the vine thing i don't really care about uh and it is kind of a passing thing it was just a fad almost you know like at the time but the twitter thing though i do feel like it will date the film eventually you know right. um i think it will only set it as a product of its time you yes. know what i mean i don't i don't think it will ever kind of be this like laughable like oh that's geeky like i think yeah. we'll only evolve through social media and how we use local business i don't necessarily think it's ever going to go the way of like the corded uh you know like home telephone you know what i mean no, no, like right. i don't like that would be an aged thing probably right you know? like my yeah. grandparents still have one my dad probably right. still has one, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. We had them at, like, when I worked at universities and stuff, you know what I mean? But that makes sense to me. Uh, but, yeah, using Twitter and stuff. I, I And I also love that, like, Carl didn't know anything. Ab- I mean, he knew Twitter existed, but he didn't right. know what it was. Even at one point, he thinks because uh, John Leguizamo's character talks about pussy, as he would say, right. he's just like, you know, like... Favreau's character Carl thinks that it's like some sort of like hookup site or something like he knows what Twitter is but he doesn't know like what it does and so like I love that they also kind of establish Twitter as this thing that he kind of learns about learns the importance of it you see a point where he has a line all the way down the street in front of his you know food truck because of social media uh, it yeah. seems like an authentic thing. It doesn't seem like a gimmick. Not that you were saying that at all. Yeah, um, no, yeah, no, but yeah, it, it, I think it works really well. I was actually, I'm impressed by how they use social media.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it, yeah, it, it's all almost inexplicable. Like, like it feels like they're succeeding in spite of themselves with this, you know, as they're running around and, and he's very surprised to find those crowds. And and then Percy's just like, no, I, I took a picture and tweeted it. That's why. And he, so he's gotten into his account and, and is you know now is sharing things to to tell people and they're all showing up and it and, you know we, we should also mention you know it, and we're ba- it's bouncing back to the, to food for a minute what it is that they're making um it, they're making cuban sandwiches which i had never had before this film i had never even heard of a cuban sandwich to know what it was and they go into there's you know as they're they they're, they're setting up the the kind of one of the genius things about it is that they they make these in front of you. So you see, you know, you know, Marvin or Martin acts like he, Martin Martin is like, hey, I've got some, some marinating to do, you know, and so he like is marinating like this, this pork shoulder or whatever it is. And, you know, he's, they're doing ham and they're just making, and you're like, what is this? And it's like, here, here's a scene where we walk you through how to make one of these. And they go through and it, and it fits within the story. And, but it also is, as you said, it continues to show that that passion because while they're doing it, he's explaining exactly what you do, and he's like, "You butter the bread, you butter the plancha, and you put it on, and you watch it until the bread is golden and the cheese is bubbling."
0: Yeah, and, and it's not just mere <laughs> exposition; he's teaching yeah. his son, so it's like yeah. it's the relationship builder. We are learning along with his son, so it never feels forced. Just to clarify, you know, like yeah, exactly. you're spot on. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and it and. Again, it makes you want to eat that food. So that's, that's a, yet another thing that that's the, that's the first thing after I stopped, after I watched this film, I was like, I want to find what a Cuban, find a Cuban sandwich somewhere. And the first time I was in a restaurant that had a Cuban sandwich, I, that's exactly what I ordered. And so it's, <laughs> it, it's just, it's just really a, a, a hell of a thing to just to watch. And you're like everything you're watching, you want to eat. Yeah. And, and, it, and even um, even yucca fries. He's, he, he mentions yucca fries at one point. And there's a, actually a Latin restaurant that opened near me. And I saw that on the menu. I was like, I've got to order those and see what they are. And um, it's different. And I did. And, and I thought they were good. They're like, yeah. you know, it, it tasted very similar to regular French fries. They were bigger and thicker. And um, I, I think they're maybe a little bit healthier. They're a different kind of root vegetable. I don't know. Maybe not. But. I told myself
0: that because they were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the food, I mean, of course you want to eat it, even especially whenever, you know, Carl makes something and Martin tries it and the way he responds to it. Yes. Like the way everyone responds to Carl, that's another little detail as well that develops him as not only is he passionate, but he's good at this. Yeah. And yeah. um and if he can and, just get past his personal problems, you know, right. like maybe he'd actually be truly yeah. great at this. Um, yeah. what are we going to say?
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say even that scene with, with, um, Scarlett Johansson's Molly, where it's almost a sex scene where there's no real sex. They're just eating. There's cooking and eating food. Yeah. Molly's
0: and, watching him cook. He's very almost yeah. sensually cooking. Yeah. He and gives she's her the her, food and she starts moaning. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it, yeah. And it's just, it's just like spaghetti, some kind of spaghetti dish. And, um, and what I found out later, and maybe I think we'll, again, we'll talk about this toward the end about how I found this out. It's a very simple dish to make. I'm, I'm going to try to make it sometime. sometime. Is it a pesto something or another? It's, I, I can't remember what it is. a, it's a lemon something. It's, it's only got like four or five ingredients and it's real, a real simple thing to make. Um, I, I actually, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why in a little bit, but, um, yeah, but I, I saw them making it and it was very simple. Yeah. Um and, and they say that as um it, at this particular program. So L- let's uh,
0: let's let's hop into that though because, yeah, because we're we're it. we're pretty much toward the end of this. Uh yeah. and so anything else you want to add on, go go for it now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's really necessary to spoil the end to go into what happens at the end of the film. I don't think uh, so either. Yeah. Other other than you know, the relationships improve and, and other things happen that that are kind of fun um, we're, we're leaving out a few good things that I think we could just leave, you know, there's a few, there's, this is a movie of details and that's, that's kind of the important thing to know is that there's a lot of little details where that, you know, and nuances that we're leaving out that um, that kind of add to the flavor of the film. Uh, if, if you excuse the, the pun there, but, um, but the really fun and interesting thing about this um, is that, this is this is sort of an under the radar movie like you said it was it was just like a little indie it made 48 million was still still considered a hit um and it's a for me it's a movie that a lot of people you know when i talk about like this is one of a movie that i just love and they say i've never heard of this movie and, the, and a movie with big stars no one has heard of is, is kind of a rare thing like that
0: and they're not but, like they're not they're not top tiered yeah. Like, Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson, from the the posters I've seen, aren't yeah. even on them. Like, this no. is very much a Favreau... Like, he didn't bank the movie on these people, but it's yeah. also exciting when you find these people in it. And you're like, oh, shit, he got Robert Downey Jr. in this thing. You know what yeah. I mean? But I love uh, that he yeah. didn't just, like, bank on that. Like, everything yeah. is not just Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, and, like someone else or whatever and then it's like they're in it for five minutes or what <laughs> right. but go yeah, ahead yeah, sorry
1: yeah no but the 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 cool the cool thing about this is that they actually made a cooking show based on this film and it's called yeah. the chef show and it's on netflix and it's got i think it's had two or three like full seasons full like they, they don't call them seasons they call them something else but um it was like editions or something like something i can't remember the, the exact term they use but um, as it starts, it's it's John Favreau and it's the chef that trained him, and they they travel around to different places. Sometimes they travel to locations from the films. Um, sometimes they make dishes they made in the film, um, which is the case um, with that that spaghetti dish, that pasta dish that they made. And then other times they make other stuff. And along the way, every now and then they bring a celebrity in. Um, the way I actually learned about the chef show was from the first episode. Uh, he brings Gwyneth Paltrow in and they make a pepper pot, which, you know, pepper yeah. pots is her character's name in Iron, Iron Man movies, um, well, the Avengers movies, I guess. And um, so they, you know, they make it goop friendly. Goop is her, you know, whatever, her website that is all about like being uber healthy or whatever. And as they're making it, they're just having these conversations. So it's a cooking show largely with celebrities and there's a lot of really good ones along the way. Um, of course, most of the Avengers, many of the Avengers, pop in from time to time. Um, there's actually an Avengers episode where the, where Kevin Feige and all these other people. But anyway, um, what the Gwyneth Paltrow episode, she doesn't, she ex, she reveals, she lets it slip that she didn't know that she was in Spider-Man: Homecoming. She had no idea. She, you know, she has a scene in that film. She had no idea she was in it. And there's this great, you know, little moment where. Um, you know Favreau is talking and he's like yeah remember when we were doing Spider-Man they had this one truck involved? and she's like no I wasn't in Spider-Man and he's like yeah you were and she's like no I was in Iron Man and I was in the Avengers and she's like he's like right but you were also in Spider-Man and she oh just looked gosh. at him and he's, and he's like you remember the scene at the end where you're going to there's the press conference and Tony's going to re- propose to you and she's like that was Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> and of like, course she'd like, question that. Right, like literally in that scene, there's a Spider-Man suit behind her. <laughs> if you watch that one scene. And you know, and it was just it was funny and it, it makes total sense, right? From from the point of view of, of someone like her that she's just making one of these movies and she might not if she's got one scene, she might not know what movie it's for, you know, necessarily. Especially so, if the
0: scene you're in is with Tony Stark. Right. I could see yeah. I guess I can see how but I don't know. I, I yeah, could go it, off on this whole thing just because I'm it's, like,
1: it's
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: yeah, but that was, but that ended up being a news item on you know on all the you know the geek movie sites that I like to go to, and so I was like, I was like, I gotta find this. I want to watch this little thing. And I was like, what is it? And then it wasn't until I opened on Netflix the Chef Show, and I was like, holy shit, this is from Chef. This is from the movie. Yeah. And, and, and they even have like, like these animations of the food truck and it's like bouncing around and, and they do this thing inside where when they, they establish what dish it is, the, the dish like expands like an accordion and you see all the ingredients individually and it, you know, and, and so they go through how to make it and, and you can see, and this is where it really becomes clear um, how much Favreau is into this, um, the kind of the art of cooking is that he's like, Hey, can I try to do this? Can I try to cook? And so they're, you know, they're chopping stuff and, you know, they're creating certain things and he's trying to do it with the right technique. And um, it's it's really cool. And there's there's a lot of like, yes, chef, yes, chef. Thank you, chef. Um, there's just a whole, like, they're getting into that kind of, that culture a little bit. So it, it's a really fun show. Um, like I said, they, there's one where they make beignets. It's pretty funny. You know, beignets is, a, is kind of a, a, one of the foods that they have in the movie um like i said they make that that pasta dish um they make some of the like the they, they do make the chocolate lava cake of course and it it just it is a good reminiscing of the movie if you've seen it and there's a lot of just really fun stuff with celebrities some of them like i said connected to the avengers and like robert rodriguez is in an episode sam raimi's in an episode there's just all these different yeah just these people that appear in the that just appear in the show and then some of them are, are strictly like they strictly visit um another restaurant where they do some dish really well so um it, it's it's kind of a non traditional cooking show and it's a lot of fun and i i definitely recommend it to anybody who enjoys cooking shows um to to check it out because it's it's just fun and it, it's not too it doesn't get too it's a good one to binge because it's not too um it, it's not the format is not too, they don't stick to the format sure. too much they're willing to bounce around and, and do things differently so yeah um, and plus it's really great
0: that's interesting yeah I, I'm I actually really like cooking shows whether it's you know great British bake Off or it's something you know more specific like what you're talking about so some of those one that are like shot cinematically you know what I mean yeah. for some reason I'm spacing all of the names of these shows. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a fan off to check it out. You guys can too. Um, I, I'll say this before we kind of close this up here. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I feel like Favreau really become known for kind of these like Disney blockbusters or mm-hmm. like which Marvel's owned by Disney now, or like the, his, uh, anything Disney Mandalorian, uh, jungle book, Lion King, uh, you know, Iron Man. I mean, he these are huge movies that people honestly might not know that this is also the same guy that got big on Elf. You know yes. what I mean? Like, of course, he was like indie success with Made, but like Elf was his breakout. Right. If it weren't for Elf, Iron Man probably never would have existed.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so That's it's like thing. crazy.
0: But like, what's funny though is I almost see Chef more akin to something like Elf and they're very different. But what I mean by that is, if you think about Elf, there's nothing unique about this story either. Right? Mm-hmm. This is a very traditional Christmas story, and uh, for lack of a better phrase, the devil's in the details, right? Uh, which right. is like a negative phrase, but you know what I mean. Like, it, the, yeah. the, the magic's in the details, maybe I should say. Um Because yes. it's how Will Ferrell plays, buddy. You know, it's, it's like how the cat, like talk about rhythmic, like how mm-hmm. rhythmic some of the dialogue feels, where it can be very quick and um, yes. I don't know just like also a movie that didn't have like a huge budget and wasn't expected to do nearly as well especially yes. since Will Ferrell just come off like old school or something and they were afraid people wouldn't right. like the movie and uh-huh. so you know I feel like chef is another one of those where it's like let's take a small budget let's get a kick-ass cast whether or not I agree or whether or not I would choose them. All right, uh, they sure. still do just fine, you know. Like in some cases, really great. Um, I encourage any listeners if you haven't seen Chef, you can definitely find it on Netflix. It is just free to watch there. Um, definitely go check that out. Apparently, we should be watching, uh, as Joe mentioned, the Chef Show. Apparently, we should yep. be watching that too. I'll have to give that a shot. Um, hey, if you if you've seen Chef. Or if you see it and you agree or disagree, please hit us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find us personally on Twitter at Austin Glidden and at Joe Shearer Nine. Uh, find us on Letterboxd too. Uh, we've yeah. both, you know, added this to our diaries. I believe. I don't know if you did. I'm kind of guessing, but I did. And um, you know, you can keep track of all the things that we're watching as well uh if you agree or disagree with anything we've covered up to this point feel free to hit us up we would love to talk with you any 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 kind of last minute additions here joe that you want to talk about with chef great choice by the way like i said this was my this was my um unexpected surprise of 2014 i watched it because it was doing pretty well you know it was overall favorable you know uh if you look at like not that i give a shit but like rotten tomatoes critical score it's like 86 or something which is very good um yeah, yeah. but man when i watched it i was like th- three star story five star execution yes this is absolutely. a four star movie to me you know what i mean it was like that kind yeah, of a thing yeah. where man it's just it's just a solid flick and if you can get past how kind of tropey it feels at times. Like the execution is actually very well done. Any last, yeah. any last minute things you want to yeah, add?
1: Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's just, you know, this is just a fun breezy kind of um, good time movie. It's not, yeah, it, it's not overly heavy and it's not, you know, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Just something that's a good time to watch. And, and after you've seen it once or twice, it's, it's one of these movies you can just put on, and watch and come back to at a certain point, right? You can, you know, it's one yeah. of those things like, you know, I call it the Rocky four of, of cooking movies that where you can, if you leave and then you come back and sit down, there's something that's going to entertain you for, you know, whether it's, you know, the the father son story, the the cooking, the career story, just watching the food porn parts of it, which I like to call it food porn. um, just, whatever it is, you're going to just, there's something you can grab onto to, to just get into and, and be interested in also, which I haven't mentioned the one line I've got to mention my favorite line of the whole film. Sorry, this is my last, my last bit about it.
0: I have something else too. So just go ahead.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> so, the, so as um, you know, they, as we, we said they start in Florida with the truck and they're driving it back North and West and um, uh, Martin, uh, John Leguizamo's character drops, quits his job to come down to help them or leaves his job to come help them. And so the three of them, Carl, Percy, and, and Martin are all in the truck. And there's a scene late at night one night where um, you know, uh, Martin is driving and the other two are sleeping and he reaches for a, a um, the bottle or the jar or whatever of cornstarch and he puts some of it down his pants and Percy wakes up and sees him do this. And he's like, what are you doing? And John Leguizamo says to him, I'm putting some cornstarch on my werewolves. <laughs> he, says,
0: <laughs> he says huevos, dude, not <laughs> werewolves.
1: He says huevos. Yeah. I, I'm going with werewolves. I, I'm gonna watch that again. I swear he said werewolves, and I love it, and it cracked me up. <laughs> and he's like, if, be- if
0: if we didn't know you didn't speak Spanish before, this is the Spanish. confirmation that he didn't
1: <laughs> He says, he goes, it's, it's so humid down here, and he says. And so, like he wakes up, like Percy wakes up his dad. He's like, "Dad, Martin put cornstarch on his balls." <laughs> 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 he down and he goes, "Can I get some of that?" <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, again, <laughs> and they all end up doing it. Yeah, these these there are several scenes like that. like uh, yeah. that honestly are throwaway. You could get rid of oh. them; it doesn't change really anything. But what yeah. I do love about it, though, is it is used in a way that can build the relationship not only between the three of them, but again, the father and son, he tells his dad, Hey, Martin's putting cornstarch on his balls. He's like, can I get some? And then he offers it to his son. And it turns into this, like, like Uh. the son's like learning this, like goofy stuff from his dad. You know what I mean? I mean, I I
1: can't
0: go ahead. I'm sorry. He
1: tells him that he was at the end. He's like, sorry, you can continue that. But he goes, yeah, he was tomorrow. If you if you dip your nuts in oil, you could make hush puppies. You know? Yeah, and it's like listen, they have this little jokey moment?
0: Right? Yeah, it's just a, it's just a silly thing. But it, again, all of these moments tying into what I was going to say real quick before we close up here is yeah. uh, this movie is just I mean the, the heart and soul of this movie, the reason to like it for me, not just because on the surface level you can sit and watch it and be entertained, and if you sure. want to pause it and come back to it two days later, you can find something entertaining. Mm -hmm. but even just like as just in general, the heart and soul of this man is the relationships. And I want to touch on one more that I forgot to mention. Sure. And luckily I made a note of it here is, uh, Carl's relationship with Inez, his ex wife. Yes. Uh And though I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything. I I really don't care for the very end. Yeah. I'll I'll at least say this. It makes you feel nice and it does even for me, but I don't, I don't know if
1: it's a quick little awe movement. But yes, and I don't. And I don't. It's not, well, you know. because
0: because it would be so much better if it was the if it ended the opposite way, but still happy. Like you know what I'm getting at. I, I don't want to spoil yeah. it, um, just because I don't want to. But the point is, uh, their relationship though is so wonderful because, and yeah. this is one of the things that made me love the film back in 2014 when I was uh, watching all the 2014 movies to make my top ten or whatever. And uh, you know, I, I remember watching it and just being like, man, I love this relationship because they're not catty with each other. They're actually yeah. they seem to be actually very close friends. They talk yeah. to one another very like casually. It's not like this weird thing, like, yeah, I'll make yeah. sure I have Percy back by eight. No, it's just like they're like goofing off and cussing at each other and and yeah. joking uh-huh. and all of these things. And this is so comparable at the time. Yeah, I had just went through my divorce in twenty fourteen. So yeah. uh-huh. Like, people thought my relationship with my ex-wife was weird because we were this way. You know, my ex-wife's family sucks. So my family, even after our divorce, like, my dad still calls her his daughter. You know what I mean? And guess Uh, what? My now wife doesn't care. I don't care. You know, it's very strange that she's almost sisterly now. We don't need to get into that. Uh, But anyways, (laughs) the point is, like, you do have, like, that kind of relationship, having that I could see people being like, "I don't buy that." Like, I, j- this just seems like wish fulfillment. I'm here to tell you, there are some people that do. Like, yeah. I have that kind of goof off. I'm not close to her really anymore, yeah. uh, per se. But like, I can goof off. Yeah. I can have fun. We, you know, she'll borrow a m- bit of music equipment from me or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we're just yeah. friendly, yeah. and you can just be
1: casual. Yeah, I and and this it's the same with me. You know, I I tried to. You know, I I got. You know, I'm I'm actually in the midst of my divorce now. Um, We've been separated for quite a while for, it's been more than over almost a year and a half now, but, um, but we are, you know, very friendly to each other. And I, I actually, I actually have this movie in mind a lot as I was, you know, in the, especially in the early stages of our separation where I was like, this is what I want our relationship to kind of be like, not with that ending necessarily, but, you know, just with that, we can be, we can be friendly. We're not like, you know, like the, the trope of divorce is that the the ex-spouses hate each other now. They don't want to be around each other. They don't ever want to talk to each other. And it's nice to just be able to have a conversation with them. And, and in a way, it takes some of the pressure off of, off of, you know, the the separation part, the divorce part can maybe take you know pressure off of, you know, with no relationship issues. So yeah. and it just lets you kind of it can let you be friends if you do it the right way. So um that yeah, that's that's something that it personally gave me a, a kind of a model on how to, how to be an ex, you know, Sure. most of the, you know, like every movie tells somebody, tries to tell you how to be a good boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or, you know, parent, but how many movies teach you how to be an ex, <laughs> you know, and that that's kind of a, a cool little um, unique thing about this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do wish it ended differently, but um, because I would love for it to really, Pinpoint yeah. what we're drawing attention to, yes. uh, but anyways, uh, great movie. Again, go check out Chef. I know that I closed this out like ten minutes ago, but you know, <laughs> Chef's available on Netflix. Please go check it out. That is uh, Joe's choice for this week. Next week, we're going to be talking about Annie Hall, which is by Woody Allen. And recently, there was uh, Allen v. Faro on HBO Max. There's a docu series. Yeah. You're welcome to watch that if you want. Uh, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna be talking a. Li- probably a lot of bit, Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the concept of separating the art from the artist. Is that something that is possible? Is that something we should do? You know, so on and so forth. We'll be addressing this. Um, And uh, yeah, it should be, it should be uh, a good conversation. So if you feel comfortable going to watch Annie Hall, uh, please do one of my all time favorite films ever. Mm -hmm. And with, with the, with, I mean, I, I knew about this whole, uh, rigmarole with Dylan Farrow and stuff, firm supporter of Dylan, like, you know, uh, I, I hate that she was a victim, um, and uh, it's just a tricky, it, man, it, it's a real tricky area to be, you know, um, and, and I think it's, I think the most important beyond just talking about Annie Hall next week is also just kind of identifying those those cognitive dissonances that happen the, the cognitive dissonance, rather, that happens in your brain where you love this film, but the creator is like uh, a, a dick bag. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think yeah. I think in my intro to it, which uh, I told you I was going to do a solo thing so I could really kind of fine-tune and pinpoint my, my views because mm-hmm. I kind of walk very carefully here. Um, I think I called Roman Polanski a uh, walking... Uh, a walking puddle of our diarrhea puddle, maybe a walking (laughs) diarrhea puddle. I have a few really good lines like that. Um, And, and so, uh, yeah, anyways, I don't know why we're talking about this. The point is next week, we're going to be talking about any hall. Um, And that's that Joe, you feel good about this?
1: Absolutely. Let's do it.
0: All right, man, I'll talk to you later. All right. Well, that, those were our feelings. Those things we talked about. Those are those things I mentioned. I don't know what I'm doing. I have a headache right now. Anyways, uh, hey, thanks for listening to our conversation about... Uh, I almost said Shrek. Oh. Uh. Tonight's sad. Anyways, uh, we just watched Chef and we just talked about it. Definitely go check out Chef. It's on Netflix. It came out in 2014 by John Favreau. If you don't know who John Favreau is, just, I mean, look at the movies he's done. Get on the IMDb or something. Um, but yeah, Chef is like a, a real surprise. If, if we talked about it and you're just like, man, I don't know about this movie, just watch it. Trust me. I mean, the execution's really killer and you should definitely, definitely check it out. But as I said at the end of our conversation, Next week, we're going to be looking at Woody Allen's Annie Hall, which is one of my all time favorite films. And uh, we're also going to discuss, prior to discussing the movie, you know, our feelings about, uh, you know, separating the art from the artist. Because we all know Woody Allen is a dirtbag, he's a piece of shit. And so, you know, how do you reckon with the artist being a piece of shit someone you don't want to support but also watching their films and you know quite frankly loving them Uh, I think it's a really complex issue and we'll break that down for you next week if you get a chance and you feel comfortable doing so go check out Annie Hall I'm sure you could rent it anywhere just google it you'll find it Um, next week we'll have some information for you regarding that as well but until then hey we love you thank you for listening good night good luck and take it easy